Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. Now, I'm really excited for today's episode because I'm talking with intuitive eating expert Stephanie Dodier all about how to integrate intuitive eating and body neutrality with success into your health practice. Now, I don't know about you guys, depending if you've worked with clients yet or not, but what I found when working with my nutrition clients was that food was only one layer. And I really had to go beyond the food, just like Stephanie says, uh, to help my clients in a long-term sustainable way. So talking about lifestyle, relationship with oneself, relationship with food, going a little bit deeper, you know, really making that long-term change. And that's exactly what Stephanie teaches um, her own clients and also teaches other practitioners how to do that is, you know, how to really approach nutrition with a non-diet mentality and actually integrate intuitive eating practices. So Stephanie is a clinical nutritionist, speaker, podcast host, and founder of Going Beyond the Food Academy, a global coaching and online training platform focused on helping women make peace with food and their bodies so that they can live a fulfilling life right now. Stephanie has been recognized as a leading emotional eating and intuitive eating expert, and her weekly podcast, The Beyond the Food Show, has been ranked top 25 wellness podcast on iTunes with an audience in over 79 countries with over 500,000 downloads. Stephanie created the Going Beyond the Food method um, as an integrative and comprehensive approach to uh, help women change their eating habits free themselves from diets and negative body image thoughts, and finally engage with food and their body from a place of compassion and absolute confidence. Stephanie's passionate about sharing her personal experience and journey as a source of inspiration while educating and empowering women to reconnect with their personal power of intuition and rekindle with their internal nutritionist and ditch dieting forever. So in this episode, we are talking about um, the top steps that you need to take to implement and integrate uh, intuitive eating and body neutrality into your own health practice. She's also teaching you the 10 intuitive eating principles and why your clients might be resisting change. And again, like I said, it's not just about the food. So Stephanie's teaching you how to go beyond that and how to actually help your client make a big transformation in their health and well-being. So let's get started. Hey, Stephanie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you here. I'm very excited to meet your group and your audience and to chat with you. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, today we have you on talking all about intuitive eating and body neutrality and bringing that into your own health practice, which I think is so important because um, I know there's so many nutritionists out there that want to not only practice that in their own lives and be more open to, you know, Mm. eating intuitively and eating for what their body really needs and wants, but start to teach their clients that way of eating too. And you are really the expert Mm. when it comes to that. So why don't you just start with telling us a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your business and how you got into intuitive eating. Absolutely. So 
I started this business in the health world about, it's going to be 10 years in September. Um, I had a health issue in at 36 years old. So I was in the corporate world for close to 15 years and was um, breaking the glass ceiling and achieving all kinds of things. And all of a sudden at 36, which most people won't be surprised, my body gave out of working too much and having too much stress and anxiety from the corporate world. And I went on a journey to heal myself um, away from traditional medicine and medication. Um, and I discovered the world first of naturopathic medicine. And then I discovered the world of holistic nutrition. And I got so passionate about it. And the universe kind of sent me a kind of a nudge as well. The company I'd been working with for 15 years was bought out by an American company and everybody was getting a package out. Mm -hmm. So the coincidence, both at the same time, I took the package and I went back to school. And I graduated from IHN in Toronto. And right away, I opened a clinic in Oakville, close to Toronto in Ontario. And I practiced there for three and a half years. Uh, the traditional holistic model, people coming in and having health issues, wanting to lose weight, wanting to change the way they eat. And uh, it was quite successful. I have a business background, so I knew the lever to pull to make that happen. Uh, but at the same time, I was going through my own journey with my relationship to food. Um, in my attempt to heal my health, I went on to the path of no more counting calories because so background also, I have a 25 year dieting career in the background as well. My first diet mm. was at 12 years old. <laughs> so that I just wanted people to know that as, as we get to where did we get to intuitive eating? Um, so I was on diet most of my life back on uh, from 12 to the age of 36, 37 years old, counting calories, low fat, over exercising, I've done them all right. Mm -hmm. from the cabbage soup diet to the counting calories and low fat. And then, so when I went into the world of natural health, um, someone <laughs> taught me the concept of not counting calories, just eating real food. So I shifted my diet mentality to, okay, so I'm not on a diet anymore. I'm just eating real food. And that's what I was teaching to people because that's what worked for me. Um, but it, just like any other diet, it was very hard to maintain a lower weight for my body. And I started to struggle maintaining the weight. And now I had the pressure of being in this health clinic, teaching people about food, yet I was gaining weight. Mm -hmm. Predicament here. Back in those days, I was a predicament in my head because health expert had to be thin, which... Yeah most of us have this preconceived notion in our head, right? So does our client. Mm -hmm. And then um, I started to get harder. Like the beginning was real food, then it became paleo, and then it became keto, and then it became intermittent fasting, and then it became keto, paleo, intermittent fasting, and long fasting. Like I went up to seven days not eating. Wow. Um, and then I started to binge. So I would come off of a fast and I would binge in secret. So my relationship to food was totally twisted. And this is way before keto and fasting was even a thing. That was back probably four years ago, five years ago now. And then I started to ask myself, like, what is going on? 
like if it was the food, the problem, it's not the issue right now. If it was me not knowing nutrition, it's not true anymore. Like what's the problem? And that sent me down the world of the psychology of eating. And I got introduced to the concept of intuitive eating and what drives our eating behavior being way more than just the food. Like there's a lot under the hood that drives eating behavior. And then I studied, studied and got to intuitive eating. And so I shifted my entire practice, closed the clinic, sold the assets, and then went 100% online and then started to teach intuitive eating, body image and so forth. Wow, that's really inspiring. I mean, I really <laughs> resonate with that too, because I definitely came from a dieting background, probably 12 years old, like I can, you know, as far as I can think back, you know, mm-hmm. thinking I really have to change my body, it can't look this way, you know, until I lose X amount of weight, that's when everything will be perfect. And, you know, everything will be better. Um, you know, and it really took me a long time to shift out of that. But, you know, even for me personally, like I can still slip into that a bit. And I think as a health practitioner, we're kind of, um, it's even more highlighted, or it's more top of mind, because like you said, we are working with clients. So, you know, we want to be this perceived good model of health, and that can even impact negatively our physical health or our mental health, depending, you know, where we are on the spectrum. Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny because I give a presentation to the student at IHN, and I was looking for statistic on student of nutrition that have disordered eating or eating disorder. So the way we eat is on the spectrum. So you've got like normal eating, intuitive eating, and then disordered eating, and then eating disorder. There was nothing in America that was created, but in Australia, they surveyed all their nutrition dietetic students. And 70% of the students were expressing disordered eating. Mm. Interesting. Wow. Is that crazy? So if it's in in Australia, we can assume it's here. And when I look back at my class, my graduating class, that's what was happening. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I I 100% was... Orthorexic or overthinking meals, making sure everything was perfect. Um, you know, and and definitely, I think for me personally, it's like a lot of background stuff is going on in it. And like you said, it's not about the food always. Like that's one one aspect, right? It's yes. one layer, but it's not the entire picture. It's not the entire onion, no. right? Where we have to peel it back. So, you know, how do you? I'm just really curious about like making this an open open conversation where Mm -hmm. you can really share with everyone. Like, how do you approach that with clients? Like, do you still work with the people who, you know, have weight loss as a goal and how do you shift them from like wanting this one thing that's in their mind and how do you shift them to a different approach that's going to be more sustainable and loving um, to themselves over time? Okay. That's a big question to unpack. (laughs) Like we could do an hour on that alone. Okay, so let's, I'm going to start peeling back to the beginning Mm -hmm. and to say that to help a client when it comes to relationship to food and body, it does require the individual who practice, so the nutritionist, the health coach, to have done a part of their own work. Mm -hmm. You cannot just print out a download and say, well, here's the 10 principle of intuitive eating and give that out to your client. So the people who want to help others with their relationship to food have 
to have, just like we go to nutrition school to, to study nutrition, we also have to have an experience and intellectual knowledge around what constitute or what drives the eating behavior. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, like we can't teach something unless we've also done the deeper layer work to be able to facilitate that for our client as well. Exactly. And so given that most of us have come from a place of food obsession to different degree, like I said, 70% of the students were in that place, we have to clean the house first. Mm-hmm. So the transition to go from a traditional nutrition business, meal plan, uh, food rules and so forth to intuitive eating, body image require that period of transition where the professional does their own work and learn what is behind the relationship to food. Once that is done, then you can move on to actually sharing that with the world. And when I coach people that have done the work for themselves and then wants to transition their own business, because I can tell you right now, there's a lot of nutritionists and health coach that are still running a traditional model business, but in the background, they're working on their own relationship to food. Yeah. Like there's a big shift in our industry coming over the next couple of years because people are doing their own work. Mm-hmm. So... When that is, and then there's a transition. You have to transition your business. And I did that over a period of six to 12 months where people in my roster of clients and my audiences on social media were orthorexic wanting client or weight loss client or people who wanted the, like the food thing to people who've wanted a non-diet nutrition help, advice, and program. So you have to slowly, gradually change your message to attract a different group of people and then build program, paid program, to welcome those people. And within a period of six to 12 months, the shift will happen and you will be able to recruit people who don't want the traditional meal plan and diet advice. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes a a ton of sense. And I can um, relate because I have so many friends, you know, I'm no longer practicing nutrition, but so many of my friends are. And there are so many people that are um, silently struggling in their current Mm -hmm. nutrition business because it's not um, serving that purpose for them anymore, or they know that it goes beyond the food. Yeah, and you can't sell what you don't believe in anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, let's have a real business discussion here. If we want to be successful in the nutrition business, we need to sell. Mm-hmm. Like we need to yeah. make money, right? And we need to be selling our program. And when we try to sell something we don't believe in, there's an energetic aura around us that makes people not buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. I totally agree with that. So my question is, you know, and and you might have um, kind of like a double answer for this one, but are, you know, what are you teaching to the people that you're trying to help them shift their nutrition practice to like more of the anti-diet model? Are you teaching them to find those people that like those clients that are ready to do anti-diet or are they trying to help people see why anti-diet is better than yeah. xyz diet like is it two different clients are you 
you know, mm-hmm. are you trying to convince or are you just trying to find that match that's already there? Absolutely. So that's a very good question. And that's something that I've been playing with over the last uh, almost four years now of how do you market to a client in the context of non-diet? And that has been, trust me, a huge learning curve. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) the non-diet marketing world is very different than a traditional diet model nutrition business, right? It does operate under the same pillar where you get people on your list, you nurture them, and then they buy something from you. But there's more pre-work to be done up front because people don't know what non-diet is. People don't know what intuitive eating is. They don't know what body neutrality is. So there's a, there's a longer, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, a nurturing funnel. Mm-hmm. Right. So when people come into your world, they traditionally will not buy right away because you need to educate them of where you're leading them. You need to explain to them, like, when I attract people, I attract people because I I say, like, you're struggling with food, you're an emotional eater, you're overeating. And the reason might not be what what you think it is. And then I put them through a funnel that will then explain to them why they're struggling and why the answer is not into another diet model. And at the end of it, then you have the program. Does that answer Mm -hmm. your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I can totally see how it would be a longer nurture sequence because there is the educational piece as well. It's not just here's my program and, and you need it. It's, you know, here's why. And, and it's more of that. Again, you're like opening the, the onion or you're, you're yes. disassembl- disassembling the, the layers a little bit more. Disassembling. Yes. And so I would say to people, depending when you're listening to this episode, let's say you're listening in 2025, likely the nurturing sequence or funnel will be a less shorter because the word intuitive eating will be much more common. Like if we're looking at health trend in 2020, at the beginning of the year, intuitive eating made it to almost all the health trend top 10. Mm. We're starting Mm -hmm. to crack the masses with that term, but like we're at the base of it, right? So in five years from now, when the term is more recognized by the masses, the the educational part will be shorter. There will be more mass media educating women particularly as to why they're struggling with food. And then people will go on Google and say intuitive eating coach. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's just going to be like, um, we're globally or, you know, everyone around the world is going to be more, this is going to be more recognizable for them more comfortable than right now. It's that uncomfortable stage where they're like, what is this? And is this going to work for me? Exactly. So mm-hmm. now we're still a lot of our work is a lot of education. Yeah. Okay. That makes Does a that lot of help sense. you. Yeah. And, and then kind of to take it that step further, what I'm curious about is like, let's say someone right now is working with a client with mm-hmm. um, like PCOS or somebody yeah. with like a hormonal issue or a gut issue. Let's say they want to work on, or sorry, use the yeah. intuitive eating concept. Do they need to say, I'm a PCOS nutritionist or I'm a you know gut nutritionist that uses intuitive eating to help XYZ? Like, do we still need to mm-hmm. be very open about this is the approach I'm using? Um, or how do like, practitioners go about that? 
So, so we're going with the concept of niche, right? Which is mm-hmm. what I recommend to everyone to do, right? So everyone, because we're in a, a, a technology and online world where we tap in literally in the world, right? We're tapping into billions of English speaking people and we need to narrow our focus to a niche PCOS example, right? Mm-hmm. So the niche of non-diet, the niche of intuitive eating is a niche as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. The challenge with saying I'm a PCOS intuitive eating expert will get you kind of a a confused client. Because typically when a client comes to you with PCOS, the first thing they want from you is a meal plan. Mm -hmm. Typically low carb keto to like help people reduce the insulin resistance and blah, 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 right? They're not coming in to learn intuitive eating. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of challenging if you're in the, in the, in the uh, sector of a health condition to attract people who want to learn intuitive eating. So this is perhaps you continue to attract people that are PCOS or gut health, but your approach will be different because you will go from the basis of intuitive eating, health at every size, instead of a traditional functional health model. Mm -hmm. But you won't put it out into the world in that way because people will be really confused at this Mm. point in time. Does that help you? Yeah. So you might get that client in the door, let's say again for PCOS or whatever it is. And then when you're doing, let's say a discovery call um, or writing a sales page, you might address it more and, and here's how I help. And, and exactly. I help you X, Y, Z with intuitive eating as the model. Yes. And so one of the key principle when we get into this world of non-diet is we really clean up our marketing to be non-diet culture friendly right? By that, we remove anything that has to do with weight loss, that has to do with restrict food, commenting on body size, associating health with body size. So you clean your entire sales page up of all this lingo. And when people read your sales page, and they don't see like PCOS is solved by weight loss, and nothing refers to weight loss, then you will attract the people that are perhaps interested of PCOS without chasing weight loss. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess at the end of the day, like if somebody is listening to this and they're like, wow, this sounds like what I want, you know, I know I don't want to do the traditional, you know, quote unquote, nutritionist role, I want to do more intuitive eating, um, teach health at every size, like, like you said, they would get started with um, doing the work on themselves. Um, And then what would you say, like, are there kind of a certain amount of steps like to get them to that place where they launch or what would you recommend at that point? So let's talk about what does that look like to work with a client in a non-diet approach? And then we can go to the question of like, how many steps does that take? So when client comes to you in a non-diet approach to health, instead of focusing on the traditional give me your food journal or tell me what you ate yesterday. It's more about understanding, first of all, their dieting history. So the way you intake client changes dramatically. So instead of focusing on the traditional things that you've learned in school, you put that on hold for a minute and you go back to the basic with the client. Talk to me about your dieting history. And then we do an intake that looks at all the diets that they've done. 
we kind of trace it on a timeline. All the diets they've done, they gain weight, they lost weight, they gain weight, they lost weight, whatever their personal history is. And then we then assess their relationship to food without even talking about food journal, right? So there's um, an intuitive eating assessment that was created that look at how do clients make choices about food? Do they rely on external cue? Do they rely on internal cues? So there's a bunch of questions around that. Then second, we go into how do you relate to food emotionally? Do you use food to modulate or regulate your emotion? Then we go into body image. So we go in to find out if the client is associating their value and their word to the size of their body. Because mm-hmm. if we don't know that, and then we put them on a very restrictive plan, guess what we're doing? We're harming them. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. then we go into the whole notion of what is your concept of health? Like, like how do you associate health and weight and food? So we do this intake, we do this uh, assessment. So now we have a picture of the client, their dieting history. We have the way they relate to food. And I can guarantee you that 90% of your women will have issue there. You don't need to go any further. Yeah. And then you realize, and this was my big haha moment for me, when I started doing that as I was taking the course and like learning all of this, I'm like, shit, sorry, can we use the word? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> shit, if I, if I do my traditional nutrition business with this person model, I'm actually harming her. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to trigger her to go back into dieting and restricting food. I'm not going to solve the reason why she doesn't eat, quote, well. And it's just like was mind-blowing to me. Like I'm harming her more than helping her. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the reason that I had my ha-ha moment when I was running my clinic is in the – typically when you work in a three-year cycle – People will work with you for like six months, 12 months, depending how long they work, and then they leave you. And when you work locally, you start seeing those people a year or two later at the grocery store, right? Or in the street or whatever. And I was seeing my old client and every one of them had reverted back. Mm. Because they didn't get to the root. Bingo. Mm-hmm. from diabetic clients because I was in the traditional cl- like supplements and health condition and referrals and all of that, like from diabetes to cancer to um, like people who came to me in a very bad health condition, we got them better. And then two years later, they were back to square one. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. here's the and- truth. I'm going to give you something here. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I interrupt you, but no, go for it. <clears throat> Clients that can afford private care services with us, because we have to face it, we're not covered by most insurance, it's out-of-pocket expense. Yeah. So people who buy our services are typically middle class to higher income bracket. These people are smart. They run businesses, they have like jobs where they're leading people, they make good money. So they can't afford our services. So for us to think that they, quote, don't know what to eat is stupid. Like mm-hmm. these people are smart. They know they should eat more vegetables. But yeah. they cannot bring themselves to do that. That's yeah. the problem. Well, and I feel like 
just like you said, and if we're, we're teaching that model, the traditional model, and we're not taking into account that root cause, and, and they bounce back to, you know, where they were, right, maybe they lose weight, maybe they recover from, you know, X health issue, and then they go river back, I think we're also teaching them not to trust their bodies. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we're not helping them for the long term. Mm -hmm. And in some portion of these people were actually getting their disordered eating even further down. And my mentor would say, we're triggering eating disorder in some of them. Yeah. Like absolutely. full blown eating disorder. So for the person that's listening, cause like, I just want to make sure whoever's listening yeah. isn't like, uh Oh, I'm in this career <laughs> now. Like, uh, I'm, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cause harm, but they're not willing to go full on intuitive eating yeah. as their niche or their specialty. Like how would you um, say they should approach their traditional nutrition business, but mm -hmm. still with some intuitive eating guidelines or support. So they're not triggering a lot of their clients. So I would say that the number one place to start is to do this intake process for you to understand where your client is coming from. Number one, have a true picture of what their relationship to food is. Just like we do a food journal, do the assessment so you can understand what, where they're at. Two, remove any external cues as far as what to eat, when to eat, and how much to eat, and guide them back to their internal cues. So for example, instead of saying to them, you can only eat, I don't know, 1800 calories, or a macro ratio of this and this and that, right? Mm -hmm. Bring them back to hunger, fullness, and satisfaction cue. Bring them back to pay attention to what's going on inside of them and then have them look at what is the barrier that's preventing them from honoring those eating cues. So very common one with highly functional client, what I call functional is people who have the money to pay for us, they're highly functional, is them listening to their eating cue. First of all, they're like disconnected. Two, they put other priority in their life in front of their hunger. So they'll often suppress hunger because they're too busy at work. Mm, I right? relate to that one. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't. So you telling them they only need to eat vegetables and protein and healthy fats is not going to help them. So what if we start working on the barrier and start breaking down the barrier with them one by one? Yeah. So having a base of like, where are you? What's your history with this? Not just a common intake of family history. And, you know, what was your common meals? It's like really like getting those deeper questions yes. and then setting a solid like, okay, here's how you're going to listen to yourself, listen to those hunger cues and and do this from a more like loving way for your body yes. and, your, and your soul than just, a, you know, do this plan for X amount of time and you'll lose a weight or you'll, you know, quote unquote, fix yourself and then, you know, go back to like, just assuming that they're going to continue that for life. Yes. It's not helping in the long run. Mm -hmm. So one of the most potent exercise um, is the dieting history. Like, you know how we do a timeline of health, right? Most mm -hmm. of most of us are taught that in nutrition school, right? We go back from where they are and we tell them to tell us what happened in the past, right? Yeah. If we do a timeline of diet like this, often you don't need to say anything, you just get them to tell you like how much weight they lost, they gain, and all the diets they've done. And then you're like, hmm, it almost looks like diet doesn't work. And mm -hmm. they're like just, just stunned. They're like, 
when you put it this way, I'm like, I didn't put anything. I would just did a timeline with you. Like you've been doing that for 20 years. Yeah. Maybe something yeah. doesn't, maybe this not you. <laughs> maybe it's what you've been trying. What do you think? And people are intelligent, right? You've got to remember that. You've got to honor their intelligence. They're, they're going to connect the dots. They may still want to diet, and that's okay, but the work is going to happen because you started to plant the seed. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. I think a fear that comes up that I've heard mm -hmm. some of those friends of mine also that want to shift their practice this yeah. way is, you know, who is going to pay for this? Who's going yeah. to pay for, you know, someone to say, listen to your hunger cues, do, you know, like, listen to your body. I think so many of us feel like we're not valuable as a health practitioner if we're not giving, you know, a five page health protocol with supplements and all these things to solve the problem, you know, quote unquote, solve the yeah. problem. How do we, how do we kind of give ourselves that empowerment and feeling of, you know, this is valuable for our clients? So by doing what I just said to you, you will find value automatically, right? When you start assessing people and see how screwed up the relationship to food is, and then you know how to help them, you're going to find value right away. I find more value in what I do today than what I did in a full-blown clinic with the dispensaries and employees and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Because now I know what I'm teaching them, they are going to keep for the rest of their life and that will change the rest of their life. And way more than just with food, with everything else, because people that learn to listen and respect their eating cue also learn to listen and respect when they're tired and go to bed early mm -hmm. and then when they need to move their body. So value is not a question for me when you start doing this work. How do we make money is a valid question, right? What's interesting is there's more money in helping people than their pain of dieting and not wanting to suffer through another diet and change their body image and change how they relate to their emotion that there is on meal plan. Yeah. There's more people out there right now that are in the stuck zone. Like literally they've been dieting for 10, 15, 20. I even have like a 73-year-old woman that I'm working with who's been dieting wow. since the age of 15 years old. Oh, wow. Almost 60 years of dieting. So there's a lot of people that are stuck right now. They don't want to diet. They just want to feel better. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. If you tap into that market, there's a lot of money to be had. There's a lot of you impacting the world. You just got to put the right glasses on, if that makes sense. There's as much people that want to pay than to get a meal plan mm -hmm. and yeah. a lot more money. Yeah, I think it, it <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it just goes back to us challenging, like, what is value for people? Is it the material of giving a meal plan of giving, you know, X, Y, Z steps, or is it truly sitting and listening and engaging and supporting and, you know, like loving on your client? I think it's really just like a mindset shift for, for us as a practitioner first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's also seeing people like your client literally bloom, mm. right? We, what happened, it's a very short reward in a traditional nutrition model because people will come in and they'll say, I lost eight pounds in two weeks, right? And then they feel quote happy in that moment 
But then when you see them three, six, 12 months on the road and they have lost everything that they had gained, how do you feel as a practitioner? Yeah. To me, that, that is powerful. Because when because we came into this business, all of us, most often from a place of having a lived experience with a health issue, we don't want to go and just quick fix people. Mm-hmm. We want to help them for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what this non-diet approach to food actually gives you is that possibility of literally transforming their life. Mm. It's so powerful. Wow. I kind of had goosebumps a little and got a bit emotional because even going back to, you know, you talking about this seven year old who, you know, for 50, 60 years of their life deals with this. Like, I think, you know, so many of us deal with this. And and just like you say, like, we're not in the business for the quick fix. We're in it for the long run. And, and we have to find the tool that supports our client in that way. And, and also ourselves. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of shame around in our industry around body size and being a health practitioner, right? So I have to maintain a certain, like my skin's got to be clear and I've got to look healthy and quote in today's world, looking healthy means being thin. And I want all of you listening to say like, where are my own fears around my weight? And also my weight and my career. How many of us still control our weight? Because we think that is part of our business success. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, a lot. I, I know I was that. there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. So what power could you gain if you work through your own, quote, body image what health means and liberate yourself from that. If you didn't operate from a place of fear, but instead a place of love, how much more potent would you be as a practitioner? Yeah. Well, and going back to what you said about that um, magnetism, you know, the energetic like field, right. You know, like you said, people can see that. And if they see that you are truly living and embodying, you know, your belief, then then that's what's going to draw them to you. People yeah. want to work with someone that that fully is in that like bloomed state, like you said, like blooming yeah. every day. Yeah. And, and that's where I am. And I'm again, I'm able to have this conversation because I know people will Google me and they will find me <laughs> on social media. Like I'm in the full body sister. Like I am not thin. I used to be. And I used, that's what drove me to discover intuitive eating. Like I used to have to work really hard in secret to maintain that thinness. And when I started to shift my relationship to food, yeah, my body gained weight because after 25 years of dieting, that's likely what's going to happen. And when I ask my client why they work with me, guess what the number one reason is? What's that? It's because of my body size. Mm. Because they actually look at me and I look like a real person. Not to say that a quote real person is in a bigger body, but I'm just like, I am who I am, right? And I'm not the traditional picture of what a health expert or a nutrition expert would look like. And there's many women that are looking for that. They're looking for just raw and realness, just like them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I always say that too. Like I remember thinking my clients wanted to see me polished and perfect and saying, yes. oh, of course you can eat your three perfect meals a day and you could have your snacks. And why couldn't you? Like, that's what I do. And I like, that's not reality. And my clients, what I remember is them being so much more attracted to me when I said, listen, this is what I struggle with. This is what happens to me because they want to see that you're a real full dimensional person. Yeah. And that's why when you, so we'll go back to business. When we look at a marketing plan, we look at a marketing strategy or business plan for a non-diet business. It's not intellectual metrics that people are looking for. The marketing is solely based on emotion. It's an emotional based marketing message. You got to get into people's heart. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Right. So people can tap. Wow. She's talking about me. How does she know? Like, I don't know how many people will send me an email and say, how did you know this about me? Like, honey, it's because it's not just you. There's million of us like you right now. (laughs) Really? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not alone into this. No, you're not. But nobody talks about this, you see, because there's so much shame. And once you can lift that veil out of people's head, they're like, you mean I'm not broken? No, you're Mm. not, honey. (laughs) Yeah. That's very powerful. Yeah, very much so. So if somebody wants to practice intuitive, or sorry, have their practice be focused on intuitive eating, is there extra training they need? Like, do you just say, yeah, jump right into it? Or do you recommend like you need specific training to support clients in this way. Definitely need specific training. So I'll come back to our traditional nutrition teaching, right? Whatever school you went into, the psychology of eating is not present at all. Like this whole section of eating is bypassed in in 99% of the program, right? So that's what you got to get on board. You got to learn the psychology of eating, right? So, I teach the intuitive eating model, which is the model of how we relate to food way before just the food choice, but how we think about food, how we think about dieting, how we engage with it, with all the social media messages, we got to clean that up. And then we go into like tapping people into their eating cue and emotional eating and so forth. So you got to get a training onto that because none of us have been taught that. That would be number one thing. And then two, I would also recommend a body image framework, right? Mm -hmm. So when we look at body image, there's different things that are being thought out there. And I just want to give a little bit on people with that. So very often we hashtag body positivity, right? Mm -hmm. So body positivity is a activism model where people use that to like literally break the internet, like to challenge people and to get them to think about like, love yourself at all sizes and take a picture of you in a bikini. Body positivity is not therapeutic. Because it's Mm -hmm. so polar for where people are right now, people are in body hate, you cannot teach them body positivity, you gotta go through the middle, which is called body neutrality. So we have to get skill set on board as a practitioner to understand how do I even engage my client in body image? What is body image? Where did their concept of what they should look like come from? And how do I change that? How do I change their internal self-talk for one, right? How do I help them have a different perspective of what their body should look like? So 
a framework around the psychology of eating, like intuitive eating, a framework like body neutrality around body image. And then the third component that I would say, some of you probably have some notion of mindfulness, right? Mm -hmm. How to be present with ourselves. We either learned it in school or learning in our own health journey. Whatever it is, is irrelevant. It could be meditation. It could be breath work, something that helps people come back in their body. Because to tap into our eating cues, we need to be in our body. To heal our body image, we need to be in our body. So I would say the third angle that we need to some kind of training is mindfulness. So those would be the three pillar that I would be looking at. And the best way to do that is to learn them for yourself, like go through it yourself. And then you're the perfect trainer because you practice it and you know how to do it. Does mm -hmm. that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. And then I guess just because I get this question so much, so I yeah. feel like I would be um, not doing service if I didn't Good ask much. it. You know, does somebody need that stamp of approval to say, I trained at, um, with it, is it Evelyn Triboli? Triboli, yes. Yeah. Does somebody need that um, or need to do that like training to get the stamp or can they self-train and, and support their clients? Good point. So as of 2020, when this podcast is recorded, the term intuitive eating, the term non-diet, anti-diet, body neutrality is not a trademark term. Therefore, can be used by anyone. That said, if you want to call yourself an intuitive eating certified professional and you want to use the logo, then you need to go get training with Evelyn Triboli, which has an entire professional training uh, system. Mm-hmm. Okay. As far as body image, there's no certification at this point professionally. So we are at the beginning of this business. There is very little trademark. There's very little certification available out there at this point. Mm -hmm. I know that you do support practitioners in this area. Can you talk a little sure. bit specifically about that? Because I just don't think we have a lot of resources no, to know none. who can help at this point. Yeah, no. And so, so for me, so what I've been doing over the last four years now is develop my own methodology. So for me, it's called Beyond the Food uh, Method. Uh, so my brand, if you find me online, it's all going beyond the food, beyond the food. So when I talked about the pillar earlier of intuitive eating, body image, and mindfulness, right, my methodology teaches all of those components plus two more. Because what I've realized in the beginning, I, I, like I was, there's nobody who trained me, right? I went to training for myself. There was no professional training. So I tried to piece it all together. Like, okay, I got to do the, oh, no, no, they, they struggle with this. I got to go get this, right? So I got all those pieces separately and it landed into the going to be on the food method with the five pillars. So now I'm training other professional with that. So I'm taking nutritionists, um, health coaches, I even have psychologists and MDs that come in and learn the going to beyond the food method, and then they can go back out there and do the work with other people. Mm, and then we good. have a, the way to learn that professionally with me, if you want to know, that's, I have a mentorship program as of 2020 <laughs> called the going beyond the food mentorship program. It's six months long. And we get all the professional skill set on board. And the only way I'm allowing people to get those skill sets is by doing it themselves. 
Like they have to learn intuitive eating. They have to sit with their eating cues. They have to learn to like breathe and use breath work and mindfulness personally, like their own body. And then they can go and use it with other people. So it's a six month journey where you work on yourself. And at the same time, you either build a business or transition your business to be um, a non-diet business. Mm. I love it. So it's again, supporting like, let's do the work on you as a practitioner. Let's figure out how to do the work on your client. And then I'm assuming you also maybe have some like business skill set, you know, how to actually sell this intuitive eating model. Exactly. So the the business component of it is a five step, like a basic business, right? create a strategy and then we develop our ideal client. So if you currently have a business, you got to shift your ideal client model, right? So we learn to really tap into this new ideal client. Then we build a new offers because we can't just sell the same thing we used to, right? So how do we transition or create a brand new offer? And then three, how do we market the heck out of it, right? Mm-hmm. How do we ethically, ethical marketing and how do we build a nurturing funnel? I'm not the tech person. Like I'm not going to be the one like telling you to use this software, this software like that. I leave that to other people like you. Mm-hmm. I'll just tell you how to frame your, your marketing and then you uh, go out into the world and then frame it and put it out to the people. And then okay. we then after that grow the business. Yeah, that's fantastic. What a awesome offering. I mean, even looking back at my nutrition business, like I was doing the traditional consulting and, mm-hmm. and had that inkling of like, Stephanie, this is not helping, you know, in the way it could be, you yes. know, this is not the long term support. And, and I was feeling that, you know, we can go, I won't go into the whole story, because, you know, I won't go into my <laughs> diet history, but I needed to do the work on myself. So I started talking more about, you know, um, the diet mentality and, you know, the idea of intuitive eating or respecting your body more. And, you know, but I didn't have somebody to help me transition my business. So Mm. I, so I only played with it. Right. And it was this feeling inside me that needed to be nurtured, but it had nowhere to go. So the fact that you teach this, I think is so incredible. um, Cause I, I know I hear from it, you know, multiple times throughout the week of people wanting to transition their business this way, but just not knowing how. And you know, that's my story as well. Like it, when no kidding, when it, when I said it took me four years of piecemealing it to land to a place where I can actually put a client through a process and be successful. Mm-hmm. And then let's not talk about all the challenge that I had with marketing, <laughs> attracting mm-hmm. the client because I was using the wrong lingo. And then they all landed with me. I remember I did one thing, one strategy one time on emotional eating, and I used all the wrong lingo, and I landed 30 consultations in two weeks, all about weight loss and not wanting to do anything else. Uh, so you learned, like, okay. <laughs> like, okay, this not is working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of nice in working with someone like you who's done the, yeah. done the work and figured out, you know, what to do, what not to do for the most part, so you can now direct people in that way so they don't hopefully have to make those same mistakes yeah and to be honest it's a bit selfish like i want to help a million women to get out of the diet world and what i came to the conclusion very rapidly after selling setting this big audacious goal impossible for me to do on my own Mm. like i cannot like any one of you who think you can take on diet culture on your own Eh, not gonna work 
Like we need to band together to get this message out into the world. This is a grassroots movement. Yeah. Like the diet culture, the weight loss industry, even to some extent, the wellness industry owns the marketing world. We need to band together and we need to start grassrooting this message out into the world so that we help women get out of diet culture. And a byproduct of that is us making money because every time you sell a non-diet product, you counteract the effect of diet culture. You help a woman who's going to turn around and help other women. And we win together. We mm. cannot do this on our own. So the, when I was looking at my goal, I'm like, hey, I'm never going to be able to do this. Like I need other practitioner to get there faster. Yeah. And, and the numbers. Mm -hmm. exactly. And so granted, I've got 15 years of business experience, like, okay, it was easier for me. So let's me take those 15 years of business and put them to use somewhere combined with my lived experience and my experience, I can get, produce help produce a lot more practitioner and start impacting diet culture from the bottom up. Oh, I love it so much. You're doing, you're doing the good work. You're yeah, doing that's what, my goal. What we yes. <laughs> well, this is awesome stuff. This is like such a good place for people to start. You know, even again, I know so many people are thinking about this or wondering how to implement this. I think your program sounds like a fantastic way for them mm -hmm. to put this into practice, you know, not only on themselves, but on their clients. Um, and I'm just really excited that you shared this. So why don't you tell everyone, I know you have like um, a freebie everyone could get their hands on that can help them kind of get this kick started. So why don't you just share like where people can find you and, and how they can learn from you? Absolutely. So here's for, for all of you, I would suggest that you do this. You go to, uh, I think you're going to put a link on your show notes, right? Where people can go get my yeah. freebie and my freebie is the intake forms. Even if you're not ready to change your business, just for the heck of it, go do my two intake form for yourself. And don't share it with anyone at this point. Just like go test out your own relationship to food. It's a one pager with a whole bunch of like checkpoints you have to evaluate. There's another one called the dieting history and evaluate how dieting has impacted your life. And then sit with that. Mm -hmm. Like sit with the information that those intake form is going to take you. Now, to be honest, behind when you go get this application, this intake form, this opt-in, you will get a nurturing sequence. You'll get to expect to like experience my own nurturing. It's a eight weeks nurturing sequence for professional where I break down all the basic notion of health and nutrition business and how to shift to a non-diet approach. Mm, perfect. That sounds like such a good resource. I will probably download that myself. Yeah, it's a good exercise for everyone. <laughs> Maybe share with me what came out. If you're okay with that, I'd love to know what your assessment came out at. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. I I need to work through all of this still, so I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I'm like, okay, and now take the Beyond the Food program. That's the next step. So. <laughs> Where else can people find you online? Like on Instagram or on on um, what's your website? 
Absolutely. So we're on the podcast. So let's start with my podcast going beyond the food show. It's a three and a half year podcast. We got 225 episodes. I would wow. suggest everybody start at 199. Like people need to start it. when you get in the high number, people need a starting point. Mm, so let's great. 199 and move your way up uh, would be the first place and the rest everything online is under my name, stephaniedozier.com. I have not yet expanded to multiple websites, so it's super easy. When you're going to land on my website, it's all client-friendly. Um, so it's all like how to promote and market an intuitive eating business. So it could be a good experience for everyone to look at. And if you go at the top, there'll be a professional tab. Awesome. I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes. And yeah, thank you again, Steph. This was fantastic. I learned so much personally. I'm feeling like really excited to like put this into practice, be more intuitive about yes. my hunger and my <laughs> everything going on in my body. And I hope everybody else felt that as well. So thank you so much. You're welcome, sweetie. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.